Hello and welcome to the Motormouth podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. A brand new season and we are straight in with racing driver and the Grand Tour test driver, Abby Eaton. Abby comes in for a chat ahead of her debut season in the W Series, the first all-female racing championship. So what a way to kickstart season two of the podcast. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Just search for the Motormouth podcast on your favourite podcast platform where you can also leave us a review and download the Motormouth app where you can get live race times exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. So here we are, the first of a brand new season of the Motormouth podcast. 2019 was our first year and we clocked up thousands of downloads from all over the world with 10 very different but equally interesting and fun guests. So we kick off 2020 in style with Abby Eaton. Those with an Amazon subscription will be very familiar with her from the Grand Tour, messing around with Clarkson May and Hammond. Others will know her from her racing and now participation in the rapidly growing and globe-trotting W Series. Born in 1992 in East Riding, somewhere very far north where I've never been, uh, to uh, a racing driver father, Abby now resides in Leafy, Northamptonshire via karting, Sax Max, Touring Cars, British GT, MX5 Cup, Super Cup, GT Cup, British GT, Blanc Pan, and obviously the Grand Tour. And now single-seaters as she prepares to take the W Series Championship by storm. Abby Eaton, you join the glorious growing list of Motormouth podcast alumni. Hello and welcome to our little, very warm part of London. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Cue the live studio audience. <laughs> settle down now, settle down. There we go. So how's it well, feel to be the first oh. guest of our uh, our new season? Oh, it's exciting. It's I'm excited to be here. Yeah, just get your kind of bugs out of the way, mistakes out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry, how have you been, my friend? I've been all right, thank you. Yeah, new year, back for more. Um, got glasses. Should, yes. be, should be wearing them now, actually, <laughs> but I keep forgetting to wear them. But um, that's my big Have you lost them? No, they're too expensive to lose. Mm-hmm. Glasses are an absolute rip-off. <laughs> absolutely, it's a joke. It's actually a joke how much they can charge for those. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. A nice Christmas, New Year. We obviously saw each other at the Autosport show Indeed. not too long ago, which was good and caught up with uh, lots of our previous podcast guests, which was a joy. Saw the likes of uh, Bobby, Bobby Thompson, yes, Charlie indeed. Martin, of course, who we have an extremely exciting plan with, mm. which we'll have mm. to rope Abby into. Yeah. It's, we, we can't say too much about it at the moment, apart from it involves a racetrack, yeah. some wheels, engines, lots of drivers, yeah, I don't think I can say any more. And us, and us, and us, obviously. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. will be revealed. We'll get. We'll tell you off air. Okay. <laughs> the nervous so, look in your yeah. eye. Is that what is I'm this? Like, are these wheels and engine and everything all together? Or ah, well, that's the joy. Well, they start uh, all together. <laughs> well, what you do with it is up yeah. to you. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Abby, let's let's take it right back to the start. Um, we always like to hear where our our guests have come from um, first and foremost. So, you obviously grew up in uh, in the north of England. Um, tell us a little bit bit about early life and obviously how you got into motorsport way back when. Yeah, so my dad's basically always raced things ever since he was like 16 years old. So he, he started on bikes, moved into carts and into cars and so on. So I was at a track when I was kind of two months old, basically. And, you know, the, the circuits around the UK is is where I grew up. And, um, you know, grew up watching my dad race and, you know, thought he was an absolute hero for doing what, what he did. And um, after a couple of years of pestering, uh, he eventually got me a go-kart when I was 10 years old and 
yeah, 17 years on, here we are. So must have enjoyed it that first time. And actually, I remember the first time I had to go in it. It was at um, the Humber Bridge car park and it was a little coma cadet and I was driving around the car park with a bike helmet on. Very safe, safety of first, course. Dad, well yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't put me off. And yeah. I think I actually burnt the clutch out because I was just sat doing donuts in the go-kart. <laughs> so. what, what kind of racing was your dad doing at the time? He was doing Eurocar back right. in the day. So it was, I think he was in the V8s back then. Um, and he's probably not going to be happy for me saying it, but he actually ended up being one of the few that were able to roll the car into the lake at Mallory. Superb work. So I obviously got my driving talents from my mum, I think. <laughs> was mum involved in motorsport? Yeah, so she didn't compete, but she was basically my dad's kind of right-hand woman, if you like. So she kind of took um, the role of the corporate hospitality and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, she was dragged to every single race meeting. And she reminds me of that quite often that, you know, she's been put up with it with my dad and now she's um, had to do 17 years with me so you know she's very supportive and, and she loves it just as much as we do that's great that's great and obviously uh, jumping ahead a little bit but um you're now it's out there that you're going to do the w series this year mm. 2020 how did that all come about and um, hugely exciting for you i'd imagine yeah um i mean it's no kind of secret that when it was first announced i was kind of against the idea and it wasn't that, you know, the money being spent on the females in motorsport was brilliant and, you know, I commended them for doing that. But it was the whole segregation thing that I was a bit worried about. Um, you know, I've always raced against guys and girls and I've never had an issue with it. I've never needed special treatment and, you know, I would be against special treatment. You know, I remember winning some race and they came up to me with the ladies trophy and as well as, you know, the, the normal one. And I was like, keep the ladies trophy. Like, you know, I don't need that. Um, but, you know, having watched the W Series for its first year and you know, there's been no expense spared, um, the girls have had the best support, the best, um, you know, um, physios, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And they've performed really well on track. And, you know, now I kind of see that the, the end goal for it is to just get more women into motorsport. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, they're not saying this is a solution to have females motorsport and, and males motorsport. That's not what they're saying. But the, the way that they can support us and make it sustainable is by having a female championship. Yeah. And I've never done single seaters because it's just far too expensive. Yeah. And this is an, a new opportunity for me. Um, I've got a lot of learning to do this year, but it's an opportunity that, you know, others won't get. Yeah. Well, for I, any, oh, go on, Tim. I was just going to say, I think um, when it came out, a bit like you, I was dead against it for exactly the same reasons because mm. I thought it was all about segregation and like, okay, we're going to create a, a race series because let's let's be honest, girls aren't good enough that they can't compete against the boys, so let's create their own race series. But it's not about that at all. And the first time I really twigged that was when we spoke to Nikki Shields about it, and yeah. she she said it's not about that; it's about participation. And mm. the more people you can get into it, the yeah. bigger the pool, the more mm. likely you are to have a superstar that comes out of it. It's not about not competing yeah. with the boys, mm. and also. She, she said something very apt, which is actually, it's great to have such a, a strong field of women racing currently, but also that is inspiring mm. the young, the really younger generation yeah. who are looking at it. Because she said there's so many girls who maybe start out casting, but as they get older, mm. they, they get put off by it because yeah. there's just less and less girls participating. But yeah. if they're seeing this all-female championship, then that's clearly- Who are their heroes? Something. Mm. Who you become know, heroes? Well, yeah. I was at um, uh, Brands for the, the W Series round there, and um, Jamie Chadwick was like a megastar. Yeah. And there were little kids in Jamie Chadwick overall sitting on her tires, you know, like, <laughs> little four-year-old kids looking yeah. up to Jamie yeah. and in 10 years time it's going to be a completely different ballpark yeah um, for anyone who who might not be familiar with W Series could you explain a bit about how, how it operates as a championship the, the type of car what the races entail 
Yeah, so basically the car um, is a current F3 car. Uh, it's the Asian spec um, Tatus um, chassis. Um, it's about 270 brake horsepower, um, obviously a lot of aero, the slicks, wings, all that kind of stuff. And it operates, so we have one race each weekend. Um, in the format, we'll have kind of a 40-minute practice session, half an hour quality, and then you get your half an hour race at the end. So, you know, it's not too long that people will kind of switch off after a while. It's quite short, exciting and punchy. And I think, you know, last year, especially when they did the reverse grid, I yeah, think that was yeah. quite exciting to watch as well. So I think it's kind of been a hit with fans. Um, most people are saying, can we have two races a weekend? You know, we want more, we want more. Um, and they've, they've done that by adding an extra two uh, weekends to the calendar as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what's is especially exciting time because they've expanded overseas and supporting Formula One races. This yeah, year. yeah it's the crazy. US and Mexico. Mexico. That's going to be super cool to go yeah. to, isn't it? Are you yeah. excited for that? I am, and I'm excited it's at the end of the year, and I've hopefully learned how to drive these things as yeah, well. Yeah, that's probably quite a good tactical uh, move from yeah, W Series. Thank you, yeah. W Series. Yeah, yeah. yeah just for that. <laughs> but that, what, what a platform to be on, not just, I suppose, obviously, it's, it's still being broadcast on Channel 4, am I correct? Yeah. So, yeah, so obviously, mm-hmm. you've got that platform there, but also to be in front of the F1 paddock and all their support series as well. That's mm. going to be a massive platform for anybody just participating, surely. Mm. I think it's a really big win for W Series as well because it just it just puts us out there to a new audience mm. that perhaps you know aren't quite as open to it. And you know, hopefully we'll put on some good racing. And like last year when it went down to the wire at the last round, yeah. we'll hopefully do the same again this year. Yeah. Mm. No, then there's some top drivers in it. Um, I think uh, Emma Kimmelainen is going to be... Uh, She's one to watch. She is one to yeah. watch this year. You, you've obviously had limited single-seater running. Have you... What have you done so far to get ready for experiencing all this aero and this new experience for you? Um, well, not a lot, to be quite <laughs> honest, because I haven't got the money to go testing. Project so, cars. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I've got, I, with motorsport being quite seasonal, I haven't got that much work at the moment. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a cold this morning. Sorry. <laughs> So I haven't got any work this month, which allows me to actually focus on the fitness side of things because ultimately that's the only thing that I can actually mm. do that and I've got control over. So it's a lot of fitness-based things just so that when I'm trying to learn the car, I'm not tired while I'm doing it. Um, and a lot of simulator work as well, which um, W Series have got their own sims, which is hugely helpful. And uh, just trying to get on those as much as I can. And, you know, ultimately I'm going to be learning on the job, really. Um, is, there, is there any pre-season testing or no? I think they're going to do maybe a few days, but they've not announced anything yet. Okay, so what are your expectations for this year? Um, well, I'd love to go out and win it my first year, of course. You know, who doesn't want to do that? But um, I think the reality is it's going to be extremely tough. And, you know, I kind of look back now and regret not doing that first year to yeah. have a learning year. They're just the same as everyone else did. But, you know, ultimately I've got to learn fast and get stuck in and and not have any inhibitions really so i'm kind of hoping and aiming for a kind of top six finish um it will come i'm i'm not you know worried that the the speed won't come but it will just uh not happen at the start yeah no and and there's there's several rookies aren't there i think there's i don't know five or six new entrants Mm. um so i guess that the proof will come against those guys in the early few races to see how you're sort of comparing against the people that are also coming into it late Mm. um obviously you're you're the first w series driver we've had on the podcast so naturally we're going to support you 
Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you've got it. You've won it. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It's in the bag. Thanks. Yeah. And actually, what a little, not an exclusive, it's not that thrilling, to, but uh, we do have more W Series we do. people coming on. Yes, some the, very important people. The boss. The boss is oh, coming on. She, what? The, uh, Catherine, the big the boss. The crazy, crazy lady. She's awesome. <laughs> tell, tell us more. You, tell all, us more. you all have so much fun with her. So I've, you oh, know, you met her a handful of times, but she is absolutely wicked. You know, she's, she's so passionate about the sport and passionate about helping women in, in it as well. But she's, yeah, she's barmy. We have quite a lot of laughs. Oh, this is good. This is good. I'll, I'll, I'll play that bit to her yeah. when we see her yeah, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um, so what are the uh, ultimate career goals? Do you have uh, an eye on a particular series that you want to go in? The dream, what's the dream scenario that W Series could sort of catapult you to? Um, you know, I'd love to do DTM or, or yeah. kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm boy. not particularly kind of towards a single-seater route. Mm. Um because I just I've never have been I've, that's not really what I've been totally interested in but I think being a good single seater driver will put you in good stead for a lot of the cars that are you know DTM for example you know people have described that as a single seater with a body kit yeah, on yeah. Um, so yeah I think DTM or just a works driver for any championship be it Blancpain or you know World Endurance that kind of stuff yeah, the DTM is uh, Harry's all-time favourite series, isn't it? Because you're well, in love it, with Paul Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Paul DeResta. Mm. Um, they say never meet your heroes, and I kind of <laughs> don't really want to meet him because I think they may be disappointed. No, he's a good guy. Uh, he's is nice. he a good guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. fair. It's just that, yeah, no, he, he seems like he comes across well on TV now. Beforehand, <laughs> he was maybe a bit boring. Uh, <laughs> big fan of Peter. But actually, that's him off, that's him off the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Damn. Um, but the thing about DTM is, I, what, the, in recent series, it almost seems like it's because it's a touring car championship and you've had experience of course in production touring cars mm -hmm. but DTM doesn't seem like it's a typical touring car champion because in, at least in the last couple of years the slightest bit of damage mm. can really ruin your racing it's almost like you're out mm. whereas you know if you look at British touring cars touring car racing, is a, is a, it? yeah it's not really racing you're supposed to be rubbing <laughs> yeah. you know, side by side that's supposed to be what touring car is so that's where mm. maybe DTM I don't know it's kind of fallen off a little bit in the last couple of years but I think, mm. they, I think they've tried to address that I think with the new body kits and things like that mm. but that'll be a fun series to do yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, shall we go back in time slightly? Do it. Yeah. Mazdas. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> well, you you seem to have driven a lot of so. Mazdas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had, I did my first ever Mazda writing in one of the Mark 1s, so the, the old ones. Wow. And um, it was after I'd done uh, production touring cars and I'd won that and basically... I had a year out the next year and, you know, I just wanted to get stuck into something and have a go. And it was just a really cheap deal. Come down, drive this little Mark 1 at Croft and have some fun. And, you know, I jumped in the car and I came third. So I was like, oh, sweet. This is quite I'm fun. Right, it's yeah. rear wheel drive again because um, I'd gone from karting, obviously being rear wheel drive to front wheel drive. And as soon as I jumped back in it, I was like, oh, this is where I need to be. So um, we ended up building a Mark 3 and kind of raced it on and off for two or three years and then ended up doing the Super Cup in 2014. And coming home with a championship win again so yeah it's got a good place in my heart what was your um your first car that you drive was on it? the road yeah um it was please say a master yeah it's got no it oh no the fairy tale really story expensive. got a rear wheel drive for a first car outrageous <laughs> no i think my first car was a Renault clear oh classic yeah, yeah, yeah. i think actually i drove my mum's car in a car park completely obviously legally um i think it was a little Audi A3. Oh, that's yeah. a pretty good. Nice. That is a nice little first car. little yeah. runabout. I, I had a uh, Citroen AX. A what? You've never heard of Citroen AX? An AX. Yeah. Is that had four gears, manual. <laughs> when was this? How old are you? 
38. Actually, I'm 39 this week. Oh, are you? Thursday. Happy birthday, me. Birthday. <laughs> Presents are welcome. But yeah. basically 40. Thank uh, you. <laughs> you're off the invite list. There we go. No, I, I had a Ford Fiesta. Yeah, that's fairly standard first car. Yeah, it was like a Renault Clio. Citroen AX was, was awesome, it, but it had really soft suspension. So going around corners, you felt like a boat. But it's only a little, little tiny thing, but it's a wicked little car. Mm. Um, okay, so um, we've covered all that. Br- British GT um, followed. Obviously a hugely competitive championship. Tell us a bit about your British GT exploits. Yeah, so I did that in 2016. And we, well, it was quite nice, actually. The, the first kind of round, we had quite a lot of fans. We were a fan favourite because we had the Maserati GT, which was nice. the only one in the championship. And um, yeah, good year, learning year. Um, we ended up finishing second in Pro-Am and fourth overall, which was quite good considering most of the time that we were doing a pit stop, it went wrong. Ah. So it was obviously a learning year for us. a rubbish team or? Um, Yeah, it wasn't Ah. the best team. I'm just, I'm not bothered anymore. Yeah, Yeah, it was a crap team basically. And, um, you know, we we would bust our asses out on track and and go for every last little tenth and then we'd come in to do a pit stop and it would be between seven seconds and two minutes too long. Ah. So we finished fourth a lot, which, um, (laughs) you know, yeah. Um, But we did what what we did and, ultimately you live and learn and you know to be a bit more selective in the future but you know the car, car was wicked car was a lot of fun um we were always quick on track and um yeah no no shunts or anything like that so yeah why not got a trophy at the end of it so what's your favorite type of racing are you are you big into formula one uh not particularly no um i was when i was growing up you know watching it on the telly and i think back when the not that they don't have to drive the cars now, but I think there were less aids and it was more about the driver. And that's why I kind of like IndyCar more than F1. Mm. Um, but yeah, with Formula One, if it's wet, I'll watch it. Um, if it's yeah. not, I'll watch the first couple of laps um, and then the last couple of laps. Yeah. But I think I just had recently had a go uh, in Rallycross yeah. and um, that is just amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm well into rally well, it's a great anyway. it's a good spectator sport as well isn't it it's yeah. fun to watch yeah um you know formula one still pulls in the big audiences mm-hmm. but like you say you tend to watch the first couple of laps yeah watch the end perhaps wait for a crash in between and that, yeah. that tends to be it unless you're a bit of a hardcore enthusiast sitting down mm. on a sunday afternoon mm-hmm. um but on the subject of formula one do you think just harking back to the w series do you think this is genuinely going to be whether it's in one year's time or 10 years time or 20 years time a, a genuine route for female drivers so that we hopefully in due course see a female racing driver in Formula One or a Formula One world champion who's a girl? Yeah, I think it's going to happen. And I think not just in F1, but I think in various you know forms of motorsport, there's going to be more females in it. And in turn, all, all we need to do and all W Series is doing is increasing the pool of female drivers. So, you know, for every one Lewis Hamilton, there might be another 10 Lewis Hamiltons. But you know the other nine might not have the budget or the connections or whatever so ultimately if you increase the the amount of females in it one or two of them are going to be good enough and are going to have the money and are going to have the look to be able to make it and you know i think it will happen you know in the next 10 years or so i think probably that the girl is currently karting now and yeah you know, that's going to be the one and yeah, we've had obviously Susie Wolf in a position, you know, nearly, you know, um, succeeded with being a, a driver uh, in F1. Um, obviously, we've got Jamie Chadwick, we've mm. got um, Tatiana Calderon, but I think it's it's got to be from a young age. I think this girl needs to be in F1, a bit like Max Verstappen, you know, yeah. straight in. But ultimately, and I think that's I speak for all the females. We don't want to 
be put there just because we're a female. Yeah. Obviously, it works and it's it's a very good um, position to be in, but we want to be there on talent as well. So, okay, here's a question for you. Do you think um, any of the current crop of W Series drivers, from what you've seen so far, could cut it in Formula One in the next couple of years? Um, I do, but also if you take age into it, um, I think probably the ones that are able to cut it at the moment are probably past what manufacturers would look at to have a long career with them. So, um, yeah, yes and no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying you. who either. Well, no, I don't no, give them a no, no. ego. You don't, know. No. Oh, yeah, you don't want to make enemies before you start. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going through your career, there's, as with many racing drivers, you have ups and downs, times when you're not racing. There are periods of that in your career. What's been your sort of most uncertain point and, and how do you get through something like that sort of mentally? Um, there's been many, many, many of them, so I can't really pick one. But I think, you know, there's been many times where I've almost given up and I've had, sat down with my dad and had the conversation of, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because, you know, it isn't just a hobby and it's a lifestyle and you commit all your life to it. And, mm. you know, I've had several relationships not, you know, succeed because, you know, it's like, well, when are you going to grow up? You know, when are you going to get a proper job? Or, yeah. you know, you can't, if, you, if you're so committed with this, you're going to end up alone, you know, and all this. And it's like, well, you, you obviously don't get the dream as much as I do. No. And as much as I want to try and forget about it and switch off, I can't because it's all I've known and it's all I've, I've ever wanted to do. And I don't want to end up, you know, being 60 years old, being bitter that I didn't give it my all. So yeah, yeah. You, you always slowly come back to it. And um, it's the same weirdly as, as my dad so he stopped when I started racing and then someone built a car about five years ago and said dad uh, Paul will you just come and have a go just drive it and then that's just lit the bug you know lit the fire again and now he's racing again hey, so, yeah. Yeah. so what's he racing in now he's got an old Holden Commodore from the 80s so yeah an old um, wow. Australian touring car yeah. from 83 so it's the Bathurst livery from Peter Brock Mega. He's, he's put on it so it's a proper proper weapon is fast and heavy so how are you funding your racing then so you know i think everyone all the drivers or, or people with motorsport that we've had on so far none of them i don't think have come from overly privileged backgrounds no. they've all had to sort of strive graft, hard, graft yeah. hustle find sponsorship mm. themselves and that's a, that is the whole other side of the job isn't yeah. it there's one mm. thing of training to race and then the other side of the job is Get trying to get there in the first place, which loads yeah. of people just don't seem to get half the time. Well, Callum yeah. was doing Palmer Sports whenever he could just to make it an extra buck yeah. to try and fund his next, you know, flight mm. or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, so how, how have you funded it over the years? Well, when I first started, it was a family-run thing. So, um, yeah, I'm not from a multi-million-pound family or anything like that. So it would be, you know, me and my dad in the van and just turn up, rock up, go karting, sleep in the back of the van on, you know, airbeds, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, you, you have to work hard to bring in anything that you can. And I was lucky that I had, um, I've had a guy support me throughout pretty much all of my racing, and he used to support my dad. And again, he's not got loads of money, but, you know, he'll give us, you know, a couple of grand here just to help with things or, you know, he'll buy the, the van so that um, we've got transport to and from the track. And yeah, a lot, I owe a lot to him for, for being able to mm. do that. And he was the main supporter when I did British GT as well. But ultimately, to be able to get the proper commercial partners that you need, it's just a lot of hard graft yeah. and, um, you know, putting together proposals and doing it, um, you know, 
specifically for a, con- a company that really reaches to them and it's a lot of hours and this is again what people don't understand is my, I never stop working so I'll always be sending emails out or I'll always be on the laptop and mm. you just got to do it and just keep at it and I think the problem is there's always people going you know well you'll sponsor me for this well what do I get out of it yeah. well you get your name on the car and that that's no return on investment whatsoever but I think people and the, the word sponsorship puts people off yeah, and yeah. You know, I will never go to a company and ask them for money if I didn't think that they will make money back from it. And the thing with W Series, which is is slightly difficult, obviously the W Series is completely funded, so that's a massive weight lifted. But ultimately, I need to be testing right now in single seaters. And that's like for one day's testing an F3 car, it's probably between six to eight grand. And so I would just even like three, three days in a car just to get some, you know, feedback as to what it's going to be like but it's just hard to get that money in and and that's what I want to try and get the money in for and are you allowed with W Series to bring in your own sponsors to have space on the car I appreciate that you know logo on the car isn't the be on and end all and there's all the other you know peripheral stuff that goes with that Mm. but you don't I don't remember seeing many or any um, logos outside of W Series on the cars last year what's the crack with that yeah so there's no sponsorship allowed to go on the cars or the overalls and last year they were allowed two logos on a helmet yeah but that's up for discussion this year as to if that's going to be allowed or not. And, you know, what I'm, I am trying to do is just almost offer like a, um, an ambassador route more than anything. Yeah. And to be quite honest, that's where you get return on investment. You know, having a sticker on a car, you might have a few people search it or whatever, but ultimately you need interaction. Thing, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an ego thing mm. for a CEO. Yeah, just say, oh, that looks cool. You yeah, know, it's like betting on a, on a horse, that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I own that horse, that's mine, and look how fast it is. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, it's the interaction with the the company and you know doing trade shows with them and yeah. hosting dinner speeches and team building exercises. So a, an example in March is I'm running kind of um, like a soapbox derby type race um, for a company that are basically just doing a team building day for the for the um, employees. And it's just that stuff that's that's better and you know it makes you makes them proud of sponsoring me and being part of my journey and i'm proud to be associated with them as well and it's it's a working relationship that you've got together yeah i mean i suppose that the it's a trade-off isn't it you know okay you can't necessarily get brands that that want that um tv awareness with logos and whatnot w series but i guess the trade-off is if you do well you get a big chunk of cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, which can take your racing forward to the next level. I mm-hmm. think last year the, t- the prize money was like half a million dollars or something yeah. for first place. Yeah. There's so, money awarded to everybody, isn't it? All yeah. the way down the field. So yeah. no matter what, you Even always if you get finish something last. Back. Yeah. yeah. You should do it. <laughs> finish last. <laughs> what, is last what is the last place prize money? Oh. $7,500. See, that's See, right. And that's what, one day's testing in an F3 car. Yeah. Maybe a couple at stretch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not bad, is it? I mean, you could do a lot with seven and a half grand. Be great for the podcast. That would actually just pay for well, what would it be? It would be like five grand basically in, in pounds. Five thousand pounds. That would pay for my personal um, training costs for the there you year. Go. PT costs. Yeah, I've just got to lay out five grand first. And if and and as long as you're not completely rubbish, mm. you'll probably get at least ten grand. I know. Happy days. Happy days. I just hope I don't break my leg or anything. Oh, I've got one. That's a good that point. Yeah. 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 Is there no. any wood in here? Touch your head. Touch your head. It's all concrete in here. That's definitely wood. I think. So looking at it's such a weird room. This. I'm just going to go and touch some wood. We're in a new room today. There's a plant behind you. That's not wood, is it? That's fake wood. There we go. There we go. We found. It's a lovely plant. 
bit of feng shui for <laughs> the room. Superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in motorsport, the the, high, the lows are quite low, but the highs can be quite high as well. Mm. So talk through some of the highs of your career. I'm just looking at some of the stats now. Though, if we go to 2017 Blancpain, racing the GT3 Ferrari, finished first in your first race ever. Mm. That must have been a pretty epic feeling. Yeah, it was. That weekend is quite stressful to start off with um, because I'd never raced a GT3 car before. I'd never driven anything quite as fast. I'd never driven Monza before. And I'd never, you know, obviously raced in a, I think it was 52 cars on the grid. So um, there was a bit of pressure on myself to perform, you know, straight away and try and bring the car back in one piece as well. Um, but we managed to do it and, you know, it was a great opportunity to get stuck in and have a go. And yeah, we ended up winning winning the class, which is a, a massive positive and something I'm quite proud of. And first Sorry, female to win the class as yeah. well. Well, yeah. that, that's a pretty, pretty... Yeah, good, yeah, nice yeah. tick to have. On, yeah. Nice to have on the CV, but didn't get me any race in the year after, so oh. useless. <laughs> Who are you racing with? <laughs> that what in the Blancpain? Yeah, it was um, a Lebanese guy, um, Alex Demersion, and an Italian guy, David Rizzo, or Davide Rizzo. Yeah. Um, so basically, to get the drive, I actually had to have a shootout with two of the females, and oh. it was up against Christina Nielsen and a girl. Mm. Um, Angelique Detavernier. So we went to Monza and basically there was a um, the car there, the Ferrari there, and it was just go out and try and be the quickest. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, obviously Christina had raced the cars for a couple of years beforehand. So I thought, wow, I've got my work cut out here. And um, she ended up doing most of the testing for the two days and this other girl got sent home. So I was just kind of stood there waiting to have a go. And it didn't come and I'm like, put me back in the car please you know I've got more to prove and then at 5pm on the last day they were like right okay go and have a go it's your time now you know with old tyres on so I was I was livid I was so pumped up and angry I was like I'm either going to crash this thing or I'm going to be fast <laughs> so I went out and um, yeah ended up being faster than Christina and then they were like oh shit we, you know we better put some some brand new rubber on it and see what she can do with some yeah. new rubber did that went out and was quicker again so that's how I earned myself the drive that's how you do it yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. um obviously things are changing in the car world not only in racing but on uh, on the road as well we're all moving across to electric and hybrid vehicles boring um, don't do it down no actually I shouldn't do it down because I've been chatting on Twitter with the guys from the Regen podcast and I must stop slagging off Formula E yeah it's not good um, I'm warming to it I mean I know you watched you watched the race didn't you I watched practice I watched it yeah at Santiago yeah um, I'm trying Okay. Have it's you been to be. a race live? No, now, right. So we had Sam from Seen Through Glass, the mm. YouTube channel on um, just before Christmas. Mm. And he said, the problem with Formula E is on TV, it's rubbish. Mm. Sorry, uh, not rubbish. Some people like it. Personally, not, not a massive fan on TV. But he said, yeah, if you fine. go to a race, yeah. it will change your opinion. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. yeah. You've got to go and watch it. And you can get a lot closer because it's a street circuit. And the cars are sliding around, like there's no grip on them. Yeah. So you can see the drivers actually working. They work really it. work. And you yeah. they, and they do have a noise as well, contrary to belief. It's like <laughs> this. Exactly. Although the one, the one that, that was, that's oh, the best. Formula e car. I know, yeah, that's, yeah. The best, that's the best impression we've ever done. Mm. Um, but the one thing that will get you is that if they're in, you know, coming out coming out of the, their boxes in the pit lane, you won't hear a thing until yeah. until it's too late. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I think <laughs> if you... Silent killer. Literally, mm. they literally are. But if you... I think the coverage these days is a lot better. It is. Cause yeah. like, heart back to race one, or season one. Dreadful. Are you just saying that because our friend helps present it? No, I'm saying that because I want to present it. The thing with Formula E is, right, it may not always look as fast or, or whatever, or what people might be used to as mainstream motorsport, but 
it is entertaining. And yeah. that's, you know, you'll have just the, the, the grid lineup just for the race just gone. You had all the people who are in the top five in the championship at the back of the field mm. because that's the way qualifying works. But set that, set your morals to a side. That mm. makes it way more interesting. And they don't depend so much on aerodynamics. So they yeah. can cut through the field. Yeah. And it's actually it's more tactical because you've got to think about your battery saving mm. and you know they've got to do this whole charge up when they get attack mm. mode things like that and the, there's lots more variables to there's it lots and more a lot variables. more things that can shake things exactly up. and i think if you if you people t- tim if you uh shake off your disparities about formula e i think you'll enjoy it a lot two more. against one indeed hey, well you sound like a fan welcome to the formula I, e yeah, podcast I, honestly, with abby and harry yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> from, from racing the jag ipis in in saudi arabia of course um, yes you know i was in the jaguar kind of team if you like yeah. and um when you've got someone to support and and you get invested into it it is it is really good and um yeah again i love v8s and i love the sound of of a proper engine and so on but um especially when you're actually driving or racing an electric car you forget um to start off with you're a bit like "Mm, it's a bit strange you know i can hear is i can hear braking and i can hear tires um but when you're actually battling with someone you forget that yeah it's silent how how is the iPace drive and that whole series? Because actually, that's not within that Formula E world. That's not something I'm that familiar with. I saw it when it was launched, things like that. But what what's the racing like? Because I know they have VIP drivers every mm. race, but they also have recurrent drivers as well. What's it like to take part in as a championship? Um, really well organised. You know, the cars have had a lot of work from the last year. So um, what I was told, they, how they handled last year, is a lot better this year. Um, and again, you've kind of got the boost. Um, attack mode as well so yeah. you kind of have to use your tactics as uh, to when to, to do it um, the drivers that are in it are very good as well you know you've got the Brazilian and um, Simon Evans and so on that have done it for a few years now obviously Alice Powell's doing it this year with the German team so yeah I ended up doing Saudi Arabia as a guest driver and kind of jumped in and got on with it all right and was pretty quick um, but yeah I'd like to go and do more um, but it's just if they want me back yeah <laughs> Hint, 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 hint. Mm. Jack. Did, uh, Working on it. Did uh, Saudi impress you? Um, well, there was a lot of money out there. Like the the um, stage that they had for the festival, it's I huge. think it was the second biggest stage in the world. The Doria Festival. And, oh my yeah. goodness! Like yeah. huge, huge stage. Just, no, this was at Formula E. Yeah. That, well, they had the whole they had a whole period of big events. Yeah. They had Formula yeah, yeah. E. They had the boxing. They had concerts. Mm. All in that area. And the motor show as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. the motor show, um, which all the YouTubers were at, yeah. looking at course, these crazy yeah. supercars being bid for. Mm. Um, but I was I've been to Saudi a few times now, and I'm really warming to the place. Mm. And I know it's a controversial thing to say because everyone's like, "Well, Saudi rubbish." you know human mm. rights but you don't see any of that at all no. and the locals are really nice everyone's yeah. dead friendly the hotels are nice mm. apparently they're bringing booze in oh really which is a game changer that mm. is a game changer i think they're just they're very aware that when they host big kind of worldwide events you know they've got to put a show on and they've got to be on their not best behavior but they've got to show themselves in a good light yeah. and for example obviously women out there until last year foreign visitors um female visitors had to wear an abaya yeah and it, it was now changed that you didn't have to just to try and make it more kind of friendly for yeah. foreigners to arrive. And, you know, we were given the whole cultural brief and, and so on. And, you know, we were given an abaya to wear and, and got there and, you know, no one really cared. And, um, you know, you'd wear it out of obviously consideration and, and respect for the culture, but actually they were just like, crack on, do it. Yeah. And mm. there's so many people were coming up to me as a female driver and um, Alice and, you know, just wanted to know more and ask questions. So I think it is changing quite quickly. Yeah, it uh, definitely is. It, even from the first well, time I went yeah. there, not long, uh, less maybe a year ago, 
to now mm. even in that space of time it feels like a slightly different place mm. um but no that's very cool okay so uh, so jaguar um someone's looking for a drive yeah hint, hint. <laughs> let's uh let's talk grand tour mm-hmm. oh yeah so obviously that was uh that, that started a few how many years ago now when they hit that off is it four four years ago a few years ago now yeah. Clarkson Ham and May, mm. brand new sort of setup post Top Gear. How did your involvement? Let's people who don't know, what do you do? What did you do, and how did it come about? So I'm effectively the the driver for the Grand Tour. So um, I did the job of what Stig did back in the day on Top Gear. So whatever um, car they were reviewing, I would take it around the track and set a lap time as fast as I could. And it kind of came about um, in the second season. So they had um, the American, they called him, in season one, which was Mike Skinner. And then season two, they just wanted to do something a little bit different. I think maybe the feedback was that they didn't particularly warm to him, the, the British public. Um, so I uh, got headhunted, if you like. I got an email through and it was basically, you know, we wanted to come down, drive some cars, just see what you like with the team, how you get on with cameras and so on. Um, so I went down to the track and there was like five or six cars set there. And it was like, right, there's a lap time set in each of them. Go on, crack on and see if you can kind of at least get near to it or be faster if you can. And I didn't have any racing at the time. So again, a bit of a situation like with the Ferrari, I was like, well, I'm just going to crack on and see what I can do and ended up kind of being super quick in all the cars and got asked to go down for another morning and yeah, driving, I think it was a Porsche 911 and, and another kind of faster car. Same process again on camera, you know, doing some chat to the camera and so on. And then um, was invited down to London to the HQ and Andy Willman just basically said, look, this is what we want you to do. Because the whole time I was doing this, they didn't say what it was for. It was all kept as a secret. But I'm like, I'm doing lap times around the track. Like, I can't know what it's for. But yeah, yeah. Um, And he basically said, look, this is what we want to do. Do you want the job? And I was like, um, go on then. Yeah, mm. if, if I must. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. It must have done wonders for your, your profile. Yeah, definitely kind of social media and, and that kind of stuff went through the roof. And you know, without that opportunity, actually, I wouldn't have been able to do the rally cross and have the guest drives in really, the Alpine yeah. Cup and, and, you know, the other opportunities that I've had. And of course, the big question is, what are Clarks and Hammond and May like in real life and to work with? They, they're good fun, yeah. um, you know, really professional with what they do. They've obviously done it a long time now, so they know how to just get in, get on with it and get out. And um, yeah, all very funny guys. Um, you know, James Mayer is very, very funny. And yeah, I think probably on the show, he's not allowed to be quite as witty as he is. Um, but yeah, Jeremy's what you see is what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same and, and same with Richard, really. Yeah, I saw them once. Uh, did you see I put them on Instagram the other day on my personal one? Um, oh, no. of me out on the lash with them oh London. yes because I, I went to the launch of Drive Tribe which must have been four years five years yeah. ago something mm-hmm. like that I don't know and they were all there doing their media bit and we stayed and ended up getting plastered and they were obviously on it as well of course mm-hmm. but they were exactly like you see on TV yeah it was that's what you want isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. at least they're genuine yeah. mm. I'm a big fan but I, I only watched my first episode of the Grand Tour about two weeks ago the what, boat season? one. Okay, yeah, the brand new one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've only just got Amazon, so I missed out on the whole mm. thing. We can binge watch them now. Yeah, I will. Don't watch season one, just two and well, three. Well, you're not on it. So no just point. two and three, yeah, that's exactly. all you need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, should we do a competition? The game, you mean? Yeah. Competition. You win a, you win a seat here. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we have a game yeah. called Motormouth. 
Uh, now, it has proved quite a difficult game with some. So um, we had a whole leaderboard last year. So I have got four audio clips for you. Can yeah. I just say, I think you've been very generous this week. I have been very generous. Good, if you're not top I'm of the leaderboard rubbish. after this. Because, well, I mean, it's a new leaderboard. I was going to say, I should be. Oh. Ad- so last season, Adam Christodoulou yeah. smashed it. Smashed it. Yeah. Uh, and he basically guessed, guessed correctly uh, where each clip was taken from. Mm. So that's what you have to do. I'm going to play you a clip and you've mm. got to guess what's happening, who's saying it and just any other context you can give okay for this season i'm awarding one point for each so it's out of four yeah uh and i've been quite kind i think yeah, so yeah. is it racing related so or? it's all racing related okay. in fact this one is i don't really watch racing it's you related this one is you okay. related oh right so i've so uh where are we on here so let's get rid of this thank you music stop uh so let's play the first clip so it's you mm. what are you talking about here he is quite decisive on track. He's not scared of going sideways okay. and yeah, he just attacks. So, yeah. So I'm talking about Jeremy Clarkson. Um, and yes. the question was, yes, who's the best driver out of all of them? And I think I had to explain what each of them were like. And it was in a tattoo parlour in London. Oh, oh yeah. Because there's a slight bzzz yes. in the background. Because they've got tats in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you are badass. Yes. What is that? Never What's say that, that again. It's just... Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Flowers and mandalas oh. and stuff. Oh, nice. I've yeah. got a tattoo. Did you know that? I feel like I did, but I forgot. Everyone's What's always surprised all? when I say I've got a tattoo. What is well, it? At the, it was at the time, I'm a bit older than both of you, <laughs> so it was at a time when everyone got tribal tattoos. Yeah, I was just going to say. So I was like 19, 20. Right. I, was, I was living in America. What? What? So much I don't know about you. Honestly, I've got lots of weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I w- had a horrible hangover and then went to get this tattoo on my back Ooh, of it, on a hangover. It, yeah mm. it, and my blood was all thin because mm. I was hung over and oh. it was bleeding like mad and half of it bled out into my t-shirt afterwards because <laughs> it was in Florida and I was hot and sweaty so it's like a sort of half-baked tattoo <laughs> nice. but it, it was meant to be a tribal thing but it looks a bit it looks like a cross between the Batman symbol mm. and a lady's hair clip excellent right mm. it's really bad and it's not small so oh yeah wet on your back between my shoulders look at it yeah yeah so uh so there's my tattoo story Horrific. how many have you got six it's quite a lot wow mm. cool. any plans for any more yeah probably yeah, yeah. cool okay well carry on with the game yeah. so uh number two yeah i've raced against a few dicks in my time but never on one what we said for that uh, so that was the snow race in Sweden, yes. and um, I was referring to the penis-shaped track that uh-huh. I was driving on. Indeed. Um, Lovely aerial shot of that yeah, as well. It's yeah, good, yeah, yeah, They yeah. didn't actually tell me that I was going to drive on that until I got there, and, and they were like, yeah, that's the track. I'm like, that looks like a pair of balls. Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes, it does. It's a dick, yeah. <laughs> I love that, though. That, that whole scene, I watched that on YouTube, the whole thing, and he, when Clarkson goes, <laughs> and we're just going round the bell end. Yeah. And, uh, the <laughs> best bit, we turned this sort of the parabolica it was so funny we yeah. had such a laugh filming that for the week I it bet. was just yeah it was mega. all right let's move on now this is where two it gets a little bit harder for you okay so this is now we're moving to formula one mm. now i know you're not that keen but let's yeah. see if we can get a little bit out of this here we go yes i'm a friend i'm sure you wanted to hear my voice before starting the race uh just wishing you the best of luck we follow you here on television you did amazing yesterday so yeah, please oh, thank you. Friend, yeah. take care of my car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pee in your seat. Okay, so that was Alonso yep. speaking to Lando. Um, speaking oh. to was it was it Lando? Oh, oh. Nice? no, I can't remember who's even there. Uh, Brit, Brit before Brit before him. 
Jensen. Sounds like Benson. But- Jensen Button? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that shows you go. how much I watch F1. Oh, but oh, I thought, yeah, well, no, that's no, fair. You said you like IndyCar, it. and that yeah. was kind of IndyCar related. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. But, that, but that, that's no point. No, oh. that's fine. You don't have to give me okay, like, a little bit of just a participation. I was going to give you half point. You've got, oh, we're doing half point? Well, I said it was Alonso. Alonso. Okay, yeah. half point, two and a half. Because I thought, because you said you're an IndyCar fan and he was a, that was when he was in the Indy 500 and then at that clash with Jensen Button, that clash with the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm. So Button did the Monaco Grand Prix. Just he, as an aside, yes. IndyCar. He really sounds like Lando. Yeah, it does a little mm. bit. Yeah. yeah. IndyCar is awesome. Mm. I'm a yeah. massive IndyCar fan, and I, I could, I, I can watch an entire Indy 500 from lap one to mm. the last lap, no problem at all. Yeah, really enjoy it. Yeah. Proper pit stops, chaos yeah. in the pit stops, like absolute bedlam. Have you seen the pit stops? Yeah, it's it, madness. I mean, there's no control, no safety. Yeah. It's absolute. And the coverage chaos. on on UK TV now is so much better than it ever used to be. Yeah, mm. like they've really invested and improved it. As well. I had a, a, a slight vested interest. I used to manage Max Chilton, mm-hmm. who's who, who's done a few seasons of IndyCar now. I'm not sure he's doing the ovals anymore. I think a few drivers starting to get rid of the oval tracks. Yeah. Um, but he had some some mad stories from IndyCar about how challenging it is, and mm. you know when you when you're being drifted along by all these other cars in the middle of a pack, and you just can't stay down. You can't do anything. No, no, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, big fan of IndyCar. Next Number one. four, <laughs> final <laughs> one. <laughs> steering wheel, collapse the steering wheel here. Steering wheel. Hey, hey! Steering wheel. Somebody tell him to give it to me. Come on! <laughs> I love that one. Okay, so that was Kimi Räikkönen. Yeah. Um, yeah, in a pit stop. Oh, just about to go out. And yeah, track, that was it. That's it. And um, yeah, I love, I love Kimi. Oh, big fan. He's, That's yeah. brilliant. What was fine. It's kind of like. Um, if you get some people that don't really give back to the fans, then that winds me up. Um, but actually, Kimmy is just who he is. Yeah. And he's so quick on track. And he's it, I just expect it from him all the time. And yeah. when he says something really nice, I'm like, oh, boring. I know yeah. being Kimmy is his giving back yeah. to the fans. Yeah, what exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What was that thing he was in where he, uh, one of the commentators was after him. They eventually found him and he just missed Pele or something on the podium. And he was like, where were you, Kimmy? He said, oh, on live TV. He said, I'm sorry, I was taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you've done a solid job, to yeah, be fair. That's, that's pretty good. Three and a half points, which puts you top of the leaderboards. Hey. Uh, so that is to beat. That's all to play for. So you've kicked us off on the new. What should we do? I, I think Catherine Bond Muir oh, yes. might struggle with this. Mm, no, we... she likes F1. She, used, she? Yeah, she's yeah. mad into F1. We should make it hard for her. Yeah, we should. Mm. Ask her something. Yeah. Obscure. Yeah. Mm. Tester. Mm, it's a good score though. Ask Solid. her what my dog's called. Oh, what is? Oh, no, there's no point asking okay. what your dog's called because then she'll will, listen to it. She'll, she'll listen to this and get the tips. Oh, I wonder <laughs> if she will. Hello, Catherine. Yeah. Hi, Catherine. Looking forward to having you. Well, thank you so yeah. much for playing Motor Mouths. Yeah, you do. Um, so we just have sort of a few more sort of quick fire questions to uh, throw at you. Um, you got got one lined up. Yeah. Well, before we go on to the the final four, indeed, not three. Um, I'm curious, um, now that you're uh, mid-twenties, let's say, and I Thank think you. that's being fair, mm. um, how would you, obviously, you know, being a female in motorsport is challenging. It's more challenging, I think, being a female in motorsport than it is being a boy in motorsport. I think that's probably fair to say. If you could go back in time and talk to your, um, I don't know, 11-year-old self or, or perhaps a little bit older when you're just starting to really make inroads, what would you say to yourself that you would do differently if you could do it all over again? Nothing. Really? I do it all the same. Um, you know, I've, I've always tried to be articulate with people. Um, I've always 
like to have a chat with people, be honest with people. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be someone that I'm not. I'm very authentic. It's who I am. I've always on track tried to be, um, you know, assertive and fast. And um, yeah, the the only thing really that I could say to maybe try and work harder at is just trying to get money in. But yeah. Physically can't do any more than I already do, so that's out of um, your control in a way. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe I guess the one thing I could say is do debut series in the first year. Yeah, and well, no. that's nice. I mean, it's good yeah. that you don't have any like you know I should have done this drastically differently. You know, you, you've you've lived your best life. Live yeah, no regrets. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, I've just always given it my all, so I could never. So we can ask. Think that I, you know need to try harder. And yeah. Um. So you mentioned earlier that you don't watch F1 that religiously, mm. but you watch IndyCar. Is that your, do you watch that religiously in no. that watching every? <laughs> to be <laughs> no, quite no. honest. Is there a series really that watch, there is that I you don't watch, really like watch a religious a lot fan? Of sport, no. no. I like, I really enjoy watching um, like World Rallycross yeah. and stuff like that because it is, it's action packed. You can sit and watch through the heats, you know, in 10 minutes and um, yeah, go and do other things. But um yeah, I don't particularly watch that many forms of motorsport unless I'm I'm um, rooting for someone. So like touring cars, mm. yeah, religiously I'll sit down on a Sunday and waste my day watching the telly, watching that. Mm-hmm. But I know quite a lot of the drivers in different championships. Yeah. So yeah, I guess touring cars I watch. Okay. Nice. Who's your hero, racing or otherwise? Um, so probably going to sound really cringy and cliche, but growing up watching my dad, he was always my hero. Um, I guess if you're asking for, you know, in the, in the motorsport world, who would it be? Um, I grew up watching Shuey in F1. So for me, Shuey, and obviously he was, he just dominated it. He's basically doing, you know, what Lewis has done this last few years. Um, but Jensen Button and how he conducts himself off track and on track, I think he is someone that I aspire to be like, um, you know, you get some drivers that are super quick on track, but they're just um, a little bit too arrogant off track for my liking. Whereas Jensen, I feel, has got a good balance. He knew how to work the sponsors as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you read his book? No. Mm. Worth a read? No. Mm. Mm. Take it or leave it. Damon Hill's book, very good read. Yeah. What about Perry's McCarthy? Oh, he oh, gave me a signed copy. One? Yeah. yeah, he signed it for me. Thanks, yeah. Perry. And I haven't read it yet. Okay. Oh. Well, I said uh, uh, on Facebook earlier. Uh, earlier on in the week someone had put about his book and I was like Perry I've not I probably should buy one of these and read it and he's like what you mean I'm not giving you a signed copy and I was like no he's like give me give me your address I'll send you one hun yeah yeah I got one what's it called I think it, it, didn't he say there was an audiobook version as well oh well that's more up my alley yeah. what does he read it I don't know Can I feel you? like I, I, he would <laughs> of course he would read it he, would, he wouldn't get anyone else to read that book oh. I feel like maybe I made that up I feel like he said something about audio no I think, I think maybe he was coming to it mm. or that it was in the works yeah perhaps yeah Yes. Is, it, is it? Am I imagine this, or is it called the unluckiest driver in the world? Something like that. Yeah, he is the unluckiest driver in the mm. world. Yeah, bless him. Mm. When you're an F1 team, big shout out, It's not great, <laughs> is it? Um, what are you rubbish at? Um, not eating chocolate. Like basically, a cup of tea mm-hmm. should always be accompanied by a biscuit just oh, heads yeah. up for the next guest because yeah. you're up from oh, up north yeah, so you've got to have a biscuit with a brew biscuits, actually, yeah. and what tea bag was it oh it, english breakfast yeah but what what variety did you not like it what oh, would you yeah, it was it was, it was sufficient right. oh uh, <gasps> i was given with what i was i was working with what i was given what other what else would you have what, what, yeah what, no, like, oh, te- yorkshire. Yeah. Oh, yorkshire. oh okay no it was, yeah. that wasn't on the cards we have yorkshire tea at home i have yorkshire tea at home as well decaf yeah. De- what, only ever decaf. Chloe's pregnant, so. 
Okay. She has to. Okay. Otherwise, we'd go normal. Full okay, fat. Are you not supposed to have caffeine when you're pregnant? Don't think so. I think it's. Oh. I think it's not. Is it not? Well, I mean, I don't know. Friend pun. Not supposed to. Yeah. Not like alcohol, where you well, definitely don't have. Should should not have it. No. Well, you can have the odd one. Yeah. The old glass of prosecco here or there. Mm-hmm. I can have loads. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you're rubbish at not eating chocolate. Yeah. And you like cups of tea. Mm. Uh, favorite chocolate bar? Um, probably Lint. Ooh, oh, no, 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 I take it back. I take it all back. Terry's chocolate. Oh, I'm, no, yeah, no. I'm with you 100% yeah. on that. No. I, I made some cookies Terry's the other day with orange. like Terry's chocolate orange in it, and it was hands down the best thing I've ever done. Something about chocolate orange. Yeah. Weird. So good. Galaxy. Two against one again. Yeah. What's going on? Two against one. Like. It's Galaxy for me. Smooth. That's a classic, though. Like mm. Terry's chocolate orange, got being, you know, not everyone goes for it. I'm so. a, I do like lint. Disclaimer, and if people gave me any chocolate bar, I would take it off their hands. Double decker, always a winner. Yeah, no, if someone gave me a picnic or a topic bar, That's I would silly, throw yeah. it back in their That's face. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'll the put it in the cupboard this. until really tough times. That would be a last resort yeah. thing, yeah. What's in yeah. the back of the cupboard? Fair, yeah. fair, fair. Um, any pets? Um, the dog. Okay, of well, course, dog. Yes, the dog that we're not talking about. What kind of dog is it? Um, it's a miniature schnauzer, a little black mini oh. schnauzer. How old? Two. Oh, so very young. But she's actually my mum's. So I wanted a dog. I love dogs so much, but because I travel a lot with work, like it's yeah, unfair it's to have the dog. Yeah. So I bought my mum a puppy two years ago for Christmas, and basically I go home a lot more now uh. just to see the dog. <laughs> not, not your mum. No, no, like I go straight in, and mum's like, I see what this is. <laughs> Going to the dog again, mm-hmm. um, and I steal her a lot of the time. Um, you know, for a week when I haven't got any work, I'll I'll steal her for a week. I really so. want to know what the name of the dog is. Oh, we can know. We'll just bleep it out. Okay, go yeah. on. Go on. Okay. I'm always a fan of a Let, human name. Probably. Let's bleep that out. Yeah. But that's our leading name for our next child. Is it? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, well, she's really well behaved. She really? does cool oh. tricks. Oh, perfect. Um, she's beautiful. What kind of oh. tricks? Um, sit. Sit. Paw. She's really <laughs> quite needy. So yeah. like, if she was sat here now, she'd just be sat with a paw on me. Oh yeah, cute. I've got a dog called Charlie, who's a black lab, mm. and he's a very sensitive type. Mm. So much so that he will do paw. But if you ever, if you touch his paw or get anywhere near his claw or mm. his nails, he will scream <laughs> so loudly. You all you have to do is gently brush it. If you gently brush it, he'll just he'll just sort of take it back immediately because don't you dare touch my. Is, don't he, you touch is he my ticklish? Paws. Well, I don't. He's not. I don't think he's ticklish. He's no. just very sensitive and he's a bit of a diva about his paws, mm. and it's just because he can't. It gets so long, the claws. You have to go walk him on, on like uh, pavement. Like father, like son? Is that right? Pretend, well, yes, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. Do dogs scream? Well, sort of... I need to see a video of this. Like a... Uh, I don't have... Yeah, yelp? No. Yeah, like a yelp. Like a... Want to wanna, wanna do it? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. That was actually that. not bad. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, diva I, dog. I got one. Go um, on. Do you have any hidden talents that the public don't know about? Uh, I can do this. Yeah, with you could, both eyebrows. Now that actually yeah. is a talent. Yeah. You could do the chocolate. Uh, what's that? Advert? Galaxy was it? No, no, no. no ca- oh, um, the Cadbury's eyebrow Cabri- 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 yeah. yeah. It's risky. Yeah, I can. So for those who can't see, because it's a podcast, uh, Abby is raising both her eyebrows. My friend, yeah, but but like not at the same time. Uh, not at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so that makes sense. My friend Finch can do that. He he released a video when when that came out. That advert, people were putting things on YouTube about with, during the dance, and he did it, and it went viral. I can only do one. Yeah, I can only do one. Mm. Anything else, or is that it? That's your best I think talent. That's it. Yeah, it's good talent. I don't think you need anything else. Mm. Um, esports. Do you know much about that? Off topic. Off topic. It's, it's I suppose we're talking about too. racing. But from, well, from eyebrows to esports, I was trying to find a link, but there really isn't one. Um, e eyebrows begins with the E. As yeah. is esports. Well done. Uh, <laughs> 
what do you think of it? Valid form of racing in because more more of these days F one's heavily investing into their esports. Formula E does it as well. Lots of racing. You know, Jan Marderbrook. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, you know, he's come literally come from playing PlayStation. He was the one of the early early yeah. players yeah. to do it yeah. from PlayStation into real racing. Mm. How do you see it? Um, I think it's a good way to obviously get into the sport. Mm. It's a cheaper way to get into it. Um, so I'm I'm kind of all for it from that. But there's also another part of me that you know. I slaved away and my parents slaved away when I was a kid to work hard and put the hard work in, you know, get the results and, um, you know, to, to be able to do what I do. So there's a lot of, of pain and money and effort put in to actually do it when you're younger and, and physically do it rather than sit at a computer screen. But yeah, I'm all for it. Whatever. If it gets more people racing and it gets more people interested in it, then all for yeah, it. All game. Bro. Is it that time? I think it is time to. Shall I start? Go on. Final four. Mm-hmm. Quick fire ones. You don't have to have a monologue. It's just, uh, you know, as long or short as you want it to be. Oh. First one, what's got you excited at the moment? I think I probably know the answer. W Series. Yeah. 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 After you are. Um, if not racing, what would you be doing? Uh, probably a doctor or something. Really? Yeah, because wow. when got I picked brains. my A levels, I picked to go to medical school because wow. I thought if I can't afford to. Um, to, or if I don't get the opportunities to race, I want to be able to afford to race myself. And I did my AS levels and did them well, but I was I had no life whatsoever. And then I thought, nah, this this isn't for me. So then I changed my A levels to still pretty solid, like biology and psychology and stuff like that. But um, yeah, changed it to that. What, what kind of doctor did you have? That did you think that far ahead? No, like <laughs> oh, to be quite honest, I think like A and E, it would have to be something adrenaline and challenging yeah. and thinking on the go, that yeah. kind of stuff. That's exciting. Mm. Um, Your turn. How much of your success would you put down to luck uh, and right place, right time? And how much do you think is down to pure hard work? Um, I would like a lot more luck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Obviously, you know, having the Grand Tour, that was a a nice lucky break. And I'm very, um, you know, humbled to be given the opportunity. But um, a lot of it is a lot of hard work. Um, you know, those that know me and that have grown up around me and that, you know, have to put up with me a lot of the time, you know, they they often say to me, I don't know how you still do it and, and how you're still motivated to do it. And I don't know how either, <laughs> or, you know, why um, I still hmm. put the hard work in. But, um, you know, I just think if you're hard working, you really give it your all, then eventually, you know, you will get the breaks and, you know, nice, nice things happen to nice people. So yeah, I'm a big, big believer in that. Yeah. And I think it's it, one thing that's been the same for all the people we've met um, doing the podcast is that um, they've all been brilliant at bouncing back because there's so many knockbacks in motorsport, mm. you know, people telling you you're not quick enough or you've had an off day and, you know, you've got to get back in the car. You've had a big shunt and you've got to go and do it all over yeah. again. Mm. And in um, life, it is all about how you bounce back, really, it is. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's how you come back from hardship. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you makes, makes you a better person. Mm. Um, what are you scared of? We'll end with, uh, with that. Um, failure, oh. which I think is probably, yeah. you know, quite normal for an athlete. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very hard on myself and uh, I always want myself to deliver. And, you know, it's good that I am like that because I, I forced myself to, you know, jump into a car for the first time and deliver. But I think sometimes I just need to give myself time to just chill out. Um, but yeah, I just think that's um, that's part of it. And with the W Series, you know, cracking on and, and trying to do as best as I can, um, that's all I want to do. And if I'm unable to do that because I haven't given it 100%, then yeah that would not sit well with me so 
There we are. Lovely. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. Yeah, really well, good uh, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Thank you Kicking very much. off season two yeah. uh, of the Motor Mouth podcast. And best of luck for this year. We'll be rooting for you 100%. You. And we'll probably, I think, this we'll is, put in a good word with the boss next week. Yeah, yeah. we will. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's just brands, isn't it, in the UK this year? Yeah, Brand Touch in August. So we'll be there. Yeah, yeah 100%. Expect. And um, if anyone wants to give us an invite to America or Mexico, we'll be there. Fine. Happy to plod along. Yeah. Um, but all the best. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for talking to us. No and, uh, and we'll see you in a paddock soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks so much to Abby for giving up her time for us. We'll be back with another episode next week with Catherine Bonmuir, Abby's soon-to-be boss. So make sure you keep an ear out. In the meantime, if you missed any of the first season, you can take a hop back in your chosen podcast player and find them all there. And don't forget, there's also loads more content on MMTV and the new Motormouth app available to download on any device right now. Like, subscribe and review the podcast if you feel so inclined. It really helps people uh, to find us and you can follow us on social media as well. On Twitter, we're at Motormouth underscore. On Instagram, at Motormouth underscore official. And on Facebook, just search Motormouth. In the meantime, from myself and Tim, we'll catch you next time. Motormouth.